0: Hello, Murphy and friends again. And I, you know, Miss Althena Dent, she, she has more than just one specialty. Her other specialty is working with and developing all kinds of methods, and maybe she'll write a book about that, hopefully, of working with children who have disabilities. Uh, Miss Althena, I don't want to put anything in your mouth. Please tell us what your experience has been, how uh, we can do a better job of recognizing uh people who have disabilities and how and how we can help them.
1: Hi again, Miss Murphy, and hi everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Murphy and Friends. I always keep forgetting to say Murphy and Friends. So even before I became a mother and a wife, um again being a professional um, as a child welfare specialist with foster care families, um, I had children who had physical disabilities. I had about 12 families included with my caseload of <laughs> 35 families, and these were young people who had different ailments. Um, the ages ranges from infant Mm. all the way to 16 years old and you know it was a pleasure I enjoyed working um, with them and it's funny because the oldest one one of the responsibilities and that was I had to do you know in reference to um, carrying out all of my duties was to visit the schools making sure that they were attending school uh getting a copy of their report card and one of my kids said "Miss Dana I don't want you to go to my school I said why not she said I don't want anybody to know I'm a foster child I said I said you're not an alien I said you have nothing to be ashamed of I said, you have so many children that have all kinds of elms. I said, you're a beautiful young lady, you're very smart. I'm just making sure that you are having all the things that you need in reference to your education, that everything is in place, that you're doing well in your classes. I need to see if you need tutoring. Um, if you're getting all the help that you need I'm not there to go with a bullhorn and make an announcement when I walk through the door and she she kind of giggles so um, you know just, just working with young people they, they really that's one thing I like about teenagers either they like you or they don't like you and they can see through you and they can tell whether you have a good spirit or you're a good person or you're not And, you know, I was just fortunate to just have a blessed and good rapport with with all of my families and my kids. So fast forward, um, I become a wife, and I have two beautiful sons. I have a 21-year-old who works, and he is in school, culinary school. Mm -hmm. And I have Mm -hmm. sitting next to me... um, my youngest son, who is 19 years old, his name is Daniel. Daniel, say hello. Hello. And Daniel, who was born healthy, beautiful, he met all of his milestones. But I realized that at three years old that something was wrong. His speech was delayed. Um, he... And you know, you would probably call it temper tantrums, but i I saw it a little bit differently. There was a lot of aggressive behavior. Um, he was throwing bottles, uh, very strong, very strong. Um, you know, I breastfed him for two and a half years, very healthy. but I said, you know let me let me go and get him evaluated." And fortunately, at the time, I was born and raised in the Bronx. And the Rose Kennedy uh, Center has a night. fantastic program for children with special needs. They do a thorough evaluation. They do a psychosocial, a psychological. Um, they, the children have a physical. And they really do a very detailed evaluation to find out what kind of Uh, disability that your child has, where do they fall on the spectrum of disability behavior and come to find out based on their findings that my son had autism. Now there's various levels of autism, um, mild moderate and severe and he falls in the area of mild which is also called high functioning meaning that as I stated before he met all of his milestones as a baby Uh, he walked at 10 months Um, at one and a half he could go into the refrigerator and pull out and carry a 64 ounce bottle of apple juice and place it on the table and say juice you know every everything was there however you know his speech was delayed so Um, Upon getting all of his documentation, I was able to place him in school. Now, um, I I come from a family where education is very important. It's the top priority besides family and well-being. Um, I was not, even though he had a great staff, very loving very caring group of professional people unfortunately the school system was not up to par so due to life changes um, I was in an abusive marriage and I made a decision to remove myself from that unhealthy and toxic situation I relocated here to Westchester County to Yonkers and I truly consider it the biggest blessing in my life because I I can only speak for myself and my personal experience and I'm a person I do research before I step in or do anything and I was able to get him into one of the best elementary schools which was school 29 on Cordon Road in Yonkers and he had an incredible experience so for parents out there with special needs children, it's so many layers. I think the first layer is you blame yourself because y- you don't understand why, why this happened to you. You felt you did all of the right things. Um, so you look at yourself
0: as a, a, a personal defect. You don't look at it as we have a, a bowl of jelly beans. Correct. And some turn out one way and some turn out another way. No. So you begin to uh, blame yourself. What do you say to parents whose children are not meeting the not mi- milestones that they should
1: meet? And first of all, stop blaming yourself. That is, that's the first thing. Once you're able to, and I want to tell parents, it's okay to get counseling. Counseling opens up that door that is locked. You don't want to keep that door locked. You want to open that door and walk through and face what it is that you're dealing with. So once you get past the blame game. And denial don't deny what you see don't deny that this is what your child has seek help seek strategies seek intervention that's very important and there's various ways that you can do that you can go to social services you can go through the child's school you can go through the child psychologist and a lot of the psychologists not all but some are very very helpful and giving you information to start the process. And normally, the first process is to get your child evaluated. That's very very important, parents. When
0: I worked for the board, I was also the chairperson of the CPSE, Children with uh, Special Needs. And uh, and once you can identify that Johnny is not speaking at two years old and all the other children have sentences or Johnny's not walking. Speak to somebody. And it's no shame. You can get your
1: child evaluated as young as as any three, child. At three years old. No, younger yes, than two that. and a half. They, now yeah. they start at two and a half now. Yes. And
0: my both my daughters are uh, young people who work with children who do have disabilities. Uh, and it's really important because the blame stops and you begin to look at what you have to do. Tell me, Althena, what did you have to do? once you found this out.
1: So, I was fortunate enough that um, when I realized, you know, something was wrong, I, and I think the fact that I was ahead of the game being already in the field of mental health, I was able to get that resource to go to the Rose Kennedy Center and get him evaluated. And and this is real. And it's not always fair. I think me being an educated, well-informed person in the field of social work and mental health helped me get more help with him getting him the services that he needs now I want to say this to parents who feel that well you know I don't have a college degree and I didn't go to college you don't have to what you need to do is be an advocate advocate for yourself and for your child meaning you start doing your reading you go to the library start taking out books on whatever the disability that your child has find books on the laws in New York State for people with disabilities and the rights that your child should have first of all the rights they have in reference to the education that the appropriate education that they're supposed to receive making sure that your child is placed in the proper class setting you can still advocate and be that person who can make sure that your child is in the right class setting. And when you go into the CSE meetings, you don't feel intimidated, you don't feel small when you start hearing all of this lingo and words that you don't understand. And you stop and you ask them what the word is. Don't forget, we
0: as clinicians deal with several a day. So we are apt to say words that you may not understand. And we might be thinking that, oh. And many parents just shake their head. Bring a person with you. Exactly. I always tell my parents, you're going to go somewhere. I need you to bring a person with you. I don't care if the person doesn't have a high school diploma. All that person has to do is begin to take notes. Make sure you have everybody's name. Make sure that you have some once you do uh, once the evaluation is over that you have somebody to talk to after suppose they recommend something that you do
1: not believe is good for your child exactly you can get a re-evaluation immediately that is true and now what they have in New York State they have what they call parent advocates that actually come with you to these meetings and they explain to you everything what is going to take place what is discussed they tell you you're right they tell you the choices that you have in reference to you feel what's best for your child so you don't have to go to these meetings alone and I think that's a great thing parents need to feel empowered empowerment is such a huge force to be reckoned with in anybody's life because once you have empowerment you can get through, get over and get by anything. And I think what it is and I and what what this allowed me having this personal experience being a mother of a special needs child and even though I had already pretty much, you know, worked with families in foster care, I decided to become a uh, advocate for parents with special needs children. So Besides the research that I had already done for my own son, I started reading up about the laws, the, the, the bylaws, um, all of the different um, services that parents have available. And I started mentoring and helping other parents. Um, I was with an organization for three years, Autism Project, FLOS Inc. It was started by a mother, a single mother. Please say mother. that again. I'm not sure if everybody heard that. Autism Project, FLOS Inc. Uh, I was the vice president for three years and I worked along, it was started by a single mother whose son is nonverbal and she had a very, very difficult time navigating the system. It was very emotional, it was very challenging. And she started this organization because she wanted to help other parents not go through what she went through so along with that and you know I dedicated myself 100 fold to that but I also continue to do that now because I don't want to see parents crying in the middle of a meeting I don't want to see parents choke up i don't want to see parents get cold feet i don't want to see parents just accept any class setting for their child if it's not appropriate i don't want to see parents not afraid to speak up if they see that their children are in the inappropriate class setting i want them to be able to go back to the board of ed write a letter i would like my i would like my child to not only be placed in a different class setting, I would like to have another meeting to address these issues. So parents, you are a voice, not just for your children, but for yourself. Do not feel that you're ever small at all. You're the biggest person in your child's life and you are able to make decisions and you are able to get results.
0: Well, I want to say about having an advocate, 50-50. You know, a, a lot of these people know the people that are on the committee, mm-hmm. and they don't want to rock the boat too much. That is true. You get me, someone like me for an advocate, <coughs> and I start running, running, I want you to know I had a child my last year at the board who was born with one limb, had no arms, one leg. And she came from Long Island, where their recommendation is that she be put in a class with children with the same type of disabilities. Because there's a whole emotional component. So even if she's in a small class setting in a general ed program, that may not be able to take care of her emotional component. So the parents trusted me. They went to the board, to the meeting, and the the chair of that meeting denied services couldn't believe it they were smart enough to call me back immediately i called them and i said put put this on a speakerphone and i asked the chair of that meeting how would you feel if your child had one limb, crying all the time where she had siblings that were placed in nice foster families, and she was literally out here on her own. First of all, she had parents, for whatever reason, couldn't take care of her the children, and the other children were in homes, and she was not. I said, write a letter right now, don't go home. Write a letter right now to the Department of Special Ed that you want a hearing right now. That was a Friday. Monday, the child was placed in the correct environment that the school from Long Island suggested, I as the social worker suggested, but one person decided, oh no, that's not gonna happen. That's what really happens at a board. You need to have somebody who knows the language, mm-hmm. because there is a language. Yes, it is.
1: Yes, it is.
0: You need to know what you can get. Now, you have parents, from what I understand, I do not know, from Scarsdale, whose children may have a minor issue, who can get what they want for their children. We tend to, people with lower economics, tend to get what they give us, if they give us. So you need to take a strong person. And the person you might know, someone in your community, your church, they can be on a phone conversation, conference calls. There's no reason why you have to be there in person any longer. That's true. You get on a conference call. Believe me, I've been on many conference calls, and many parents left there feeling good Mm -hmm. about what's going to happen to their child so I'm sorry Miss Dent please continue but I wanted to all advocates are not good probably 50% no I mean I've sat with people if the if they said your child needs to be put on a fire escape, they just sign their names no questions nothing
1: no you're absolutely right not not every don't don't assume when you go to the cse meetings that everybody has the best interest for your child i remember the very first meeting that i had this was in yonkers i had just relocated um he was in the process um being reevaluated to be placed in an elementary school here in yonkers and i had it was myself psychologist teacher mediator we were all sitting around a table and the first thing i introduced myself first thing the psychologist said is he on medication i said no and he doesn't need it hmm hmm, okay and then i proceeded to explain who my child was and then they you know they read through his evaluation and they gave me the choices and then she said well you know um i don't know if you know if if we can place him i said okay well let, let me just inform you of a few things i started to run down my credentials my professional experience What I knew about in reference to mental health. And then all of a sudden everybody's face just changed. You know you have to be that person to go to bat for your child. And thank goodness the one person actually out of the four people sitting there was two. It was the teacher and it was the mediator who agreed where and what type of class setting where he should be placed and they agreed with me and you know she at at the end of the meeting she got up and she shook my hand but you know I kind of gave her that look that no I am one who will step forward for my child and you know a child's life is not to be played with and I think unfortunately with a lot of people who have become very comfortable in their positions of authority who make very detrimental decisions for where children are placed you know once you put and I have to say this I have to say this when you get those evaluations back when you get those CE those CSE evaluation papers back please read every single page don't just read the scores that they got on the different tests read every single page every area every paragraph because What's printed in black and white will follow your child for the rest of his or her life, and that's very. I had to actually call for two meetings, one when he was ten, and another one when he was thirteen, because the there was inaccurate information. Happens written. a lot. Yes, and you and I, I got a highlighter, I highlighted it. I went to the board. You have to write a letter requesting a meeting, which I did. And when the meeting came about, I made it very clear this is not correct information. And uh, in addition to that, many of the
0: things that they write are in professional language.
1: Oh, of course. Jargon.
0: And if you don't understand, sometimes, many times, there's a person within that, or, or the committee in the school. Mm hmm that will help you go through that it's, it, it you know when I started to learn that language in nineteen eighty-four I didn't know half of what they were talking yeah, about. That's true. So do that don't go out and try to hire somebody ask somebody first in the school that's on the committee what does this mean? Yes. What does this mean versus this over here? Uh, how, how do you plan to help my child? And they're supposed to write step by step.
1: Yes. In yes. three months yes he will do
0: this yes exactly six weeks he will do this and you you need to know that some people don't put that time on there and so your child can be uh, they have a nice little package done but your child may not have any true services done
1: no it's absolutely right and you know you have to be careful of those acronyms that they use uh... p pgs progressing satisfactory or you know you, you have to understand what that means in reference to the different uh, tasks that he, they're supposed to be working with him every three months in school. Um, Daniel, in other words, they're for example, John in the three Exactly. So Johnny will learn how to understand the questions when, what, when, where, and why. Johnny will learn how to use the scissors appropriately so you you have to it's so important it's so important because see what happens is when you don't read those documents thoroughly and you go on to the child goes on to the next grade they're going to place your child based on what they read and then when that happens you you know you're going to become disgruntled and you're going to want to know why and then when you're brought into the meeting the first they're gonna do they're gonna start flipping the pages and pointing out this this and that and then you're gonna say wow I didn't read it
0: well, or so, I did not know what no, that not meant. meant
1: I didn't know what that meant so I parents it's it's so again it's so many layers it's so many layers one to understanding your situation and acceptance of having a special needs child two, understanding the layers of your child getting to know your child what your child needs and the intervention and services that you need to put into place and also family planning that's a whole nother area financially who is going to be the legal guardian not just you or another person. There has to be three other people in case somebody passes away or somebody um, becomes becomes disabled. disabled. There has to be a backup and a backup and another backup. All of these things are put into place and need to be put into place. What kind of services am I going to get once my child turns 21? You have to make sure you put your child in a day program and it has to be the appropriate day program what is going to be the financial foundation for my child if I pass away tomorrow you gotta set up a trust fund so there's so many, and it's overwhelming I am not going okay, to let, uh, uh, I, my brother
0: had special needs they were physical more than anything else but he was put in a health class mm-hmm. and I worked in that same school when I became an adult mm-hmm. uh, how does your older son feel about all the work that you have to do
1: for Danny? My older son is, is mm-hmm. he's very protective mm-hmm. of his big brother. He's very helpful, he's very nurturing, and he's mm-hmm. very loving. I never treated Daniel any different from my older son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I taught Danny well, I, I have mm-hmm. to say, I remember when I taught Danny how to ride a bike, it took him three months. Because mm, this is how I think any child can learn if you give them the tools to learn it took him a little longer to learn how to ride the bike but the end goal was for him to ride a bike and that meant me putting my hands on the pedals and pushing because his concept was just to sit and mommy do the work but over repetition weekly explaining and it takes when a ch- a person with disabilities it takes mentally in the brain cells it takes longer for the information to register but with repetition and consistency it eventually will hit and that child will understand oh okay I get it and with him in three months I took him to the park I said, okay, Danny, get on the bike. It's time to ride. He took off. And tears were rolling down Mm -hmm. my face. So for me, it was a lesson of don't give up. Be persistent. Be consistent. Mm -hmm. And just know that it's going to take a little longer. Having a child with special needs is extra love extra time extra attention extra patience Mm. extra advocacy Mm. extra um finding extra ways to Mm. deal with how can I make his life as Mm. normal as possible and now all of that is being Mm. done for him now parents say well what about me and your other children Exactly and you know sometimes the other children feel oh well Brandon is getting all of this attention. Mom is not coming to my games. Mom is not going to me to brand practice. So we have to find that balance and that is very very challenging for parents to find that balance and then at the end of the day parents is like how do I stay sane? How do I have a life? At the end of the day, I've given my all to my special needs son, if I have a spouse and my other children. But what about me? So, thank goodness there are support groups, parents. There are support. Are you involved involved in any of the support groups? Can how can a person?
0: How can I'm a parent. And I have a child. How do I get in touch with you or the support groups? And is it in the area? I'm in Yonkers. Maybe it's support group is in Mount Kisco. That's that's hard because I have to be home at a certain time to pick my child off the bus. How do and I may not have a
1: car. That is true. How how do I get in touch with you? Well, I can give you uh I'm gonna give you my email address. So my email address is my last name, which is Dent. That's D E N T, and then a period and the letter a as an Apple and the numbers 8629 at gmail.com so that's dent period a 8629 at gmail.com now the other resources I'm I'm very very happy to say most of the schools in Yonkers and Mount Vernon and in New Rochelle they have support groups for special needs parents so if you have a child who goes to Yonkers school you go to the district office one Larkin Center and you explain to them I'm a parent of a special needs child and I need help and they have support groups same thing with the New Rochelle school district they also have support groups for children or uh, parents who have special needs children. The the good thing about Westchester County I have to say is that they have truly put sufficient resources. There is still some gray areas, but for the most part, I would have not gotten the services and the structure that I my son received in the city. Uh, New York City is very, very lacking when it comes to dealing with special needs. They're getting better, but I feel that they're behind the eight ball. Mm. And you know, they they it's like Westchester County is like, I'll say a good 10 to 15 years ahead of the city in reference to the curriculum, the structure, the staff training and the implementation of the education that they give to special needs kids. Um, my son, he did everything mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. regular ed kids. He went to Shakespearean plays. He went to the aquarium um, in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. He went swimming, bowling, dancing, mm-hmm. art. He went to pizzeria, restaurants, and learn how to make pizza. So that whole outlook that a special niche child is given, that is such a big boost for their development, for their their um, functionality, that it, it really takes a lot of weight off of parents' shoulders, knowing that my child is doing everything that any other child is doing. And so, and I and that's the whole thing. You want your special needs child to be as normal as possible. And I think sometimes parents feel that they they can't or they won't because my child is labeled. But every child is labeled. We're all we all have labels. Nobody in this world is perfect. What you have to ask yourself is what is my belief system for my child can my child achieve just as well as any other child and my answer is yes they can it's a matter of you taking a deep breath and stepping forward and reaching out to find the services to the intervention you finding the strategies that will allow you to be an advocate for your child, to empower your child, but also to empower yourself to have a future where you don't feel that I'm alone, I'm the only one. Because there, believe it or not,